said praise the Lord. I am very happy to be here tonight, feel what we're feeling, experience what we're experiencing. If you have a Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here tonight. Thank God for that. We want His presence. We hunger for that. We need that. I am uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. It starts off by saying, For ye see your calling. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise, men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught or to nothing things that are. Everybody said, praise the Lord. In the very beginning, verse 26, for ye see your calling. I would like to minister tonight on seeing your calling. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. One of the things, well, let me say it this way. People in life would often describe a person's calling. People in the natural, and uh, some would say he's called to be a doctor, that's his calling, or a nurse, or a, some type of uh, professional pianist. Uh, there are so many things, educator, people feel that that is their passion, that's their bliss, that's their calling, that's what they feel about it. And many times uh, in the natural world, they're not off base. Uh, 
Uh, some people find a great uh, sense of pleasure and comfort uh, out of following the leading that they come upon. Some people feel like they fall into their calling. Uh, they didn't know they were going to become what they become in life in their, in their natural occupation, uh, in their career, shall we say, their vocation. But above all of that, I want you to see your spiritual calling. This calling is from above. As it is written in John's account of the gospel that a man can receive nothing except he receive it from above. The Everything else is really second place. Everything else is really brand X. Everything else is certainly temporary. And we, in from our teachings in the Scripture, uh, we are firmly pointed in the direction of the eternal things, knowing that the temporary things are just that. The, the temporal things are temporary. They're not going to last. They're going to pass away, just as the first heaven and the first earth is going to pass away. But Jesus did teach and did speak of the world to come. He did speak of being as the angels in heaven and in the resurrection and of people who didn't versus people who do know the power of God, people who err concerning the Scripture or make a mistake, and people who do not, people who are ignorant of the things that the Bible teaches versus people who know what the Bible teaches because, of course, of God's grace. For an individual to uh, be awakened, shall we say, out of spiritual slumber, for a person to uh, come to a place to where their eyes are opened. Let me give you a scripture from the book of Ephesians. Oh, and everybody said, praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now remember the enemy, the God of this world, small g, little short God of this world, that he blinds the minds of people less than any time they should see. He doesn't want you to see the real thing. He doesn't want you to focus in on what's really happening, what really counts, what's really going on. And so the, the apostle here says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye might know, or that ye may know, what is the hope of his calling. For him to call you, for him to speak your name, for him to touch your heart, for him to beckon you and draw you and tug you close to him is the most blessed and wonderful thing that could ever, ever, ever happen in your life, in your existence on this earth. That you could have the eyes of your understanding enlightened that the revelation here comes to you that this is above anything I do in life. This is above any pleasure. Is it not written if I prefer not Jerusalem, the church, above my chief joy? Then he said, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth and let my right hand lose its skill or cunning. We want to recognize how great and how important the calling of God is in your life. First and foremost, 
You're called to be a saint. You're called to be somebody that is separated, that's pulled out of and delivered from this world and the pollutions of this world, the disease of this world, and the nastiness of this world, the filth of this world, and the course of this world. And you no longer will be swept away in the flash flood of every fad and every fashion that comes along, but that you will be rooted and grounded and settled and that you will become immovable in the greatness of God's calling in your life, that you come to realize that calling and that it is not just for a little season, but it is an eternal thing, that it's not just something temporary, but it is something everlasting. It's something that comes to you even to the matter that the Bible said in Romans 11 that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God's not changing his mind. What about you? Do you have a made-up mind? Do you have a commitment? Do you have a determination? And God has called me to truth. God has called me to the great things of the spiritual realm. I have a calling. You need to see your calling. Brother Patrick and Sister Nicole said, because they both said it, just two different languages, but uh, many people, it's just a drudgery. That's what happened to the prophet Elisha, who was following Elijah, and how that he was living in a, a route of just going in the same circle all the time, same patterns, same old things over and over again, and the, the boredom of it all, and the emptiness of it all. And uh, he thought that uh, he had found a calling. He was helping do certain things, and he was out in the field and was farming and uh, taking care of the livestock and the crops, and, and this is what I'm, I'm called to do here. But one day, the prophet Elijah came by, and the prophet Elijah said, uh, Hey, why don't you just come and let me help you to see something that you need to see. And he said, well, you know, he said, let me first go take care of thus and so. And the prophet said, hey, go ahead. I didn't say nothing you know how. Forget it. And he just moved on. And, the, and, and Elisha got all stirred up, and he said, well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm fixing to miss it here. I'm fixing to miss it here. I got to go. I'm out of here. And I forget that guy on the job. He, he said that. You know, he was a, a, a concrete guy. I was trying to convince him to stay and come back to work the next day. And he said, nah. He said, I'm going to Key West. He said, and I got to go. I like that. But I got to go to heaven. I don't care about Key West. I got to go to heaven. I got to see my calling here. I got to see that I'm not going to let this pass me by. And that's what happened with, with Elijah. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to let you just pass on by here. He said, I'm going to hitch my wagon to you, and you're going to tow me along here. I'm going to get in your wake and your draft, and I'm going to get right behind you and stick to you like glue. And so they found themselves in a place called Gilgal, and that's the place where you just go on around in circles all the time, a circuitous route. And how many people live that kind of life? It puts you right in the same category as the beasts of the field. You know, that's how come the hunter gets the deer. 
because the deer always goes in the same pattern all the time. He's got his little watering place. He's got his little feeding place. He's got his little jump over the fence place or whatever. And he's always going in the same pattern. And the hunter learns what that pattern is. And he just builds himself a little hunting stand right in the middle of that path. And when here comes old Mr. Deer on his same old paper route, and bam, goodbye deer. He's on the wall, you know. Now, I don't hunt, so don't look at me about that. But I'm just telling you, that's how it works. And, and, uh, and it's the same thing, uh, I hate to say it, but it's the same thing with a mouse or a rat. They do the same thing. They just follow the same old little path all the time. And you just got to learn to put that glue trap right where he's traveling and put a little peanut butter in the middle, and you will get him. And then he'll probably call me to move it because you're scared of it, right? Oh, I know how that works. My wife does not like those little critters, not at all. But most ladies don't, and I don't really cotton to them, but I don't mind picking up the glue trap chucking them across the street and bother me at all but what I am saying to you is we don't want to be like the beasts of the field we're we're really called to a higher calling here we're we've got to realize that there is a spiritual calling that there is something above for us the Bible talked about the spirit of the beast it just goes down into the earth it's just you know you don't have to worry about the cats and the dogs and the rats and the cockroaches okay don't worry about them. And, and if there's ever a nuclear World War III, the roaches and the ants are probably going to be the lone survivors. All right? So you don't worry about them. You might want to start thinking about you. You might want to start thinking about your soul. You might want to start thinking about, hey, I think I hear a calling, and I need to wake up to it. I need to awake into righteousness. I need to rouse myself and shake myself. I need to get the wax out of my ears and every other thing that's getting in my ears. That's causing me to not hear that calling. That's distracting me. Got me going in too many other different directions. I need to get the eyes of my understanding, my mind. I got to get all of the my mind, my heart working here and fine-tune it so I can hear this calling, so I can see this calling. You want to see what all God has got in store here for people who will respond to his call. The Bible teaches that this call is, as I said, it's not just for a little while. It's not just for a short season. That's what sin is. The pleasure of sin is just for a little itty-bitty season. But, but you see, and so is life. The Bible even teaches that life on this earth is like a vapor. You know, the sun rises and whoop, it's gone. And that's about how your life is. It doesn't last real long down here. But there is a life eternal. There is a life beyond this world. There is a hope beyond this world. There is, you've got to realize that you have a calling that God is not playing around, that God has you on his heart. God is thinking about you, and God is, and somebody, there are some people's excuses, well, I, I, I'm not smart enough, or I'm too poor, or I'm not good looking enough, or I'm not talented. You know, that's just excuses, and that's all it is, because I just read to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that God said, I'm choosing the folks that are weak. I'm choosing the folks that are, are little of nothing. They're base in the eyes of people in the world, and I, I'm choosing choosing people that are not considered to be wise. I'm choosing people that will give me my glory that will give me my props, God is saying. That's the kind of people I'm looking for, people that are humble, people that are meek, people that are lowly, people that make themselves or are of no reputation. I'm choosing the poor of this world, rich in faith, rich in faith. 
God wants you to believe him. He wants you to believe what he's saying. What's he saying? He's saying repent. He's saying be baptized in Jesus' name. He's saying be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Follow me, and I'll get you out of that same old rut of a grave you're living in, going around and around the same old thing. And so that day came when the prophet said, let me lead you out of Gilgal. Let me lead you out of all this same old circle stuff. Same old mundane, boring, empty life, unsatisfied, unhappy, killing yourself, miserable. And so he said, uh, okay. Now he said, I'm going. You stay here if you want. He said, oh, no, no, no. I am with you. Going. And so he led him down to Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. And so he took him there to the house of God. And that's where God wants you to come together. He wants you to congregate or assemble together in his name, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he wants you to come together in his house. The, the body of Christ is the church. This is the house of the church or the church house. This keeps us out of the hot, humid, muggy weather or the rain. Not much snow down this far south, but, you know, any of the elements out there that happen to come around, around along with the mosquitoes and everything else, and it's nice to be inside here and enjoy the good air conditioning that God has given us, and I thank him for it, and I am just saying to you that you want to realize that the house of God is a place of great importance, and you want to get to it. You want to get out of that same old pattern that's going to kill you, and you want to get into the church. You want to come and assemble yourselves with the body of Christ at the church house, and you want to begin to praise him. You want to begin to worship him. You want to be, get in a place and a position where it makes it easier for you to hear and to see the calling of God. Your calling. Never mind the person next to you. Never mind this one over there. Never mind somebody up the road that's always talking about, I'm this and I'm that, my bad. You get what God's got for you, and you're going to be a happy and satisfied individual. And knowing that you're going to heaven, and you're not going to play with your calling. You're not going to gamble with your calling. You're not going to mess around with something that you got your eyes open to and realize how important it is. One guy guy got very uh, concerned about somebody else and, and Jesus said uh, I mean the guy said to Jesus he said well he said what about so and so and Jesus said I've already given him instructions and he said besides what's that to you he said you just do what I'm telling you to do oh okay <laughs> yeah okay nice to get good solid straight instructions isn't it it really is. And, of course, it's okay when I say Jesus said it. But then it's another thing when I say it, right? Uh, I caught you, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you better wake up to God's system and God's plan. You better see your calling. You better know your place in the body of Christ. And, you, and, you, and if you don't, then you, that's what we're here for. That's what uh, e Elisha found out that he could get from Elijah. Elijah being the, the teacher, the mentor, the trainer, the pastor, and so on and so forth, to the younger fella and said, let me, let me help you here. He said, well, you know, I'm getting pretty comfortable here. Uh, this is really cool. This is fun. I like the singing and the clapping, and it's really great. He said, yeah, but we got to, we got to do like the prophet Ezekiel. We got to wade in a little bit. We're in ankle-deep water here. We're going to take you out a little bit deeper here. We don't want you to just be on top of the surface all the time. We got to give you some Bible study. You can't just have <clears throat> milkshakes all the time. 
and smoothies and things of that nature. Once in a while, we got to give you some meat and potatoes and some good veggies. That's where we get our veggie tails from. So, um, well, you know, I'm that guy, no hair for my hairbrush. <laughs> Whatever the guy's name is, Larry or something, I don't know. Well, yeah, cucumber. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. We go home and repent tonight. We call the pastor cucumber. Okay. Kidding. All right. Love y'all. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. The uh, <clears throat> thing is, is that we want to, to recognize this great calling. We want to recognize that there's something a little more here. You don't want to remain just on the surface like the Bible said about people that would come, and they'd believe for a little while, but, you know, the, the devil would come around. and He comes around in many different forms. Sometimes he swoops down and just steals the preaching right out of your heart, and like a buzzard dive bomb in a field with seeds sitting on the top, and he's just taking them all out. And, and next thing you know, you forgot about church, you forgot about the house of God, and you start wandering a little bit, and, and, you, and then you miss a service, and then you miss two services, and, you know, it just kind of your life gets re-entangled again and your mind gets all mixed up again and you start losing that sight that you were gaining and you start to regress instead of going forward you're going backwards and so uh and of course then the next case was that the seed fell on the on the stony ground and it because it did not take any depthness or deepness of earth that uh it 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 got persecuted you know, the sun rose on that seed, and it didn't get down on there good enough, and so it got scorched, and it withered away, and it died. And he, and he likened this to, to uh, persecution, to criticism, uh, to somebody that comes around and says, you don't want to go down there. You don't want to believe that Bible. You don't, you know, no, 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 no. Come and go with us, man. We're cool. There's nothing cool about them at all. As a matter of fact, one day they're going to be very hot. You know? So it's going to be so much better. To see your calling and so that's what the, the leadership did said come on I'm gonna take you down to to Jericho Jericho was the place of repentance and that's the place where the walls fall down you get all them defensive walls of yours down you get all that you're holding out on God and you're trying to protect I don't want to let go of this let me keep this you know and uh, I told you I think a long time ago about the guy that went in a, a uh, pet shop and he had a big trench coat on, and he stole a fox, stuck the fox in there and wrapped the trench coat and thought he was going to get outside, the, outside the, the, the front door. But the only problem was that the fox got scared, and the fox started clawing inside there and, and just ripped his whole insides open, and the man died before he ever got out the door. And so you don't want to hold on to things. You want to go to Jericho. Remember, the lesson in Jericho was don't take anything out of there. And it will be found out if you do, it will prove itself. It will manifest itself or make itself clearly demonstrated in your life. It's going to come out. And so, you know, that's why sinners can't stand in the congregation of the righteous. That's why people don't do too well sitting in the seat of the scornful. And that's why also that, that people that just uh, become tears after a while it begins to really show a difference it begins to they're not of the same mind they're not of the same heart they're not of the same spirit not of the same attitude 
they're not in step and in rank and in harmony, but they become contrary in so many ways. And it begins to show. It begins to show. And so he took him to Jericho, and that's the place where you want to remember that Jesus said, except you repent, you're going to perish. So, And don't point at somebody else and think that they're worse sinners than you are. He said, except you all repent, you shall all likewise perish. So it's important you've got to allow the church, when you come to Bethel, the church, you've got to allow the leadership to lead you to a place of repentance if you're ever going to see your calling. And it's worth seeing. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to be blind to this any longer. Well, it, it didn't stop there. The Bible teaches that he, and you know, what was so great is that you see that the the, the pastor, the leadership, was able to lead down to the next place, continually leading somebody that showed themselves teachable and trainable. And so he said, we've been here for a good enough while. Now we're going to go to the next place. Where's that? We're going to go to Jordan. Why are we going to Jordan? Because that's where we're going to baptize you, at the river of Jordan. We're going to baptize you, and we're going to baptize you the Bible way. If you have been baptized and somebody said in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, then I am here to tell you kindly that nobody in the Bible was ever baptized. Somebody saying over them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But I want you to know that you can be baptized the way the Bible teaches, and that is in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And when you get the understanding, the eyes of your understanding pop open and you see that name that is above every name and that he is the Father. He's the everlasting Father. And that he is the Son, the Lamb, the flesh that gave it on the cross. And that he is the Holy Spirit being sent a gift into your heart. As a believer in the New Testament. And that's why they didn't stay at Jordan after they got baptized in Jesus' name. It was time to move on. And that's when the, the prophet had to show him about the fire, and the power, and the glory, and drop on him the mantle. And if you stay with this long enough, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And I really like what uh, Brother Williams was inspired to say tonight that we don't want to stagger. At that promise, if there's any one thing the devil's going to fight you over, it's exactly what I'm preaching to you right now. He does not want you to repent. He does not want you to get baptized in Jesus' name, and he most assuredly does not want you to get the gift of the Holy Ghost because when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, that means devil out, Holy Ghost in, and the devil don't want to leave. He's hanging on with his little grubby fingernails and his little toes, and he's just wrapping himself all around you in every way he can, like some snake, that old serpent, the devil, and he's just trying to stay in your life and in your spirit. He's found himself a nice little cushy home, and when he gets casted out, the Bible said that he goes walking through dry places, and he's looking for a place to rest, and when he can't find nothing, he decides, I'm going to marshal some army here. I'm going to get me some of my buddies, of them if there's only one of him and I'm going back and trying to retake over where I got casted out of but I told you this isn't for a week this isn't for a month this isn't for a year that's nothing to go back to this is something to realize that you see your calling it is an eternal calling an eternal calling the 
Bible said in Ephesians 4 and 4, there is one body, that's a reference to the church, and one spirit, that is a reference to God who is a spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There's no two ways about this. There's not two ways to be baptized. There is not two ways to receive the Holy Ghost. There is not ten gods. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And you are called in one hope of your calling. You want to see your calling. You can't afford to miss your calling. This is a call you don't want to miss. You want to see this. You got to hurry up and check out of this worldly, secular lifestyle. Get in the church. Learn how to live for God the Bible way. Everybody said praise the Lord. And when you have gone to Bethel, to Jericho, and to Jordan, and then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is the beginning. Okay, that's the beginning. You want to receive the end of this thing because the end is going to be better than the beginning, and the beginning is absolutely fantastic. Okay? So you, you don't want to find yourself, uh, you don't want to, like I said, lose sight and stop seeing, literally lose sight of your calling. You want to see this calling. You want to be uh, eternally aware of your calling. Okay? Some people say, oh, that was my calling, and then they get to a certain age and they, you know, they kick back in a, in a wheelchair or something and say, I'm retired. And as I said about Brother Weekly, we're not retiring, we're refiring. You know, we're refiring because you don't retire. You can retire from your farming job, but you don't retire from the Holy Ghost. And I'm not picking on Brother Weekly. I'm telling, I'm just using him as an example. You don't retire. I don't care if you're a doctor. If you're, I had a lawyer tell me the other day, end of the year, and he said, I'm out of here. I'm done for. He said, I've had cancer and, and I had to have an operation. He said, this is it for me. December 31st, I am done. I want to tell you something. It don't matter what comes your way. You're never done with your calling. Your calling is eternal. Your calling is beyond this life. It's beyond this tabernacle that will break down because God said you're groaning for one that's made in the heavens without hands. God's got a brand new body for you. Oh yeah. Yes sir. How great that is. Amen. I'm turning to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Everybody said praise the Lord. Turn too many pages at one time. Paul said, and was inspired to say, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which means in the church, the high calling of the Spirit in the church. You see your calling. We're not called to be in and out of the church. You know, this isn't uh, hokey pokey. And we're not playing that with God. God doesn't play. We're not playing games. You get in the church. You want to tell yourself, I'm in the body of Christ to stay. My name is in the Lamb's book of life, and I do not want that blotted out. What's in the book, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to testify it and witness it and teach it and try to win souls, and I'm not going to deviate from that. I'm going to learn more and grow more and get my vision sharper. And, you know, as your natural vision gets dimmer, your spiritual vision can get sharper. 
Isn't that nice? When all the natural, temporary things connected with our body from head to toe begins to, as, a, as Ecclesiastes uh, outlined for us, begins to just deteriorate in every which way. Yet the Bible said, my inner man, he's growing stronger day by day. That eternal part is not wearing out. That eternal part is not going to have a bad heart. That eternal part is not going to get Alzheimer's. That eternal part is not going to get some form of Parkinson's. That eternal part is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You want to go from strength to strength in the Holy Ghost. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11. Everybody said praise the Lord. 1 and 11 said, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Not just any calling. This calling. You know, that's why when people want to talk to me about, Oh, I saw so and so. And I, I, I'm going to get his autograph. Or I'm going to get her autograph. They need your autograph. You're the one with the eternal goods. You're the one that's going to leave here in the first resurrection. You're the one that's going to land on a street of gold like a 747 coming in with instrument landings right in the middle of that runway just past those numbers. God's given you the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, there is no greater calling. There is no greater experience that you could ever get than what puts you into the body of Christ. You follow the leadership and they will lead you by chapter and verse right where you need to go. want to be counted worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you this calling that's what this calling is about that everything could be done unto the praise of his glory that it could be done in a manner that he is glorified in me God took a mean nasty-spirited, hateful, contrary, full of religion, just filled with commentary, brimming over, and absolutely took that guy and casted that religious devil out and said, now, how do you like me now? And he said, I like you, Jesus. And he said, and what would you have me to do? And he said, I'll tell you what you must do. And boy, he went and did it, and he got baptized in Jesus' name, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost to the point that he said, I spake in tongues more than you all. Man, he got carried away in the Holy Ghost, and he that's why I tell you, don't come up here, and the first little touch of the Holy Ghost, and, and you just, that's it, and I'm done. You're crazy. You might want to stay at this bar and drink until you get good and intoxicated on the Holy Ghost. Don't you settle for a drop. Forget the shot glass. Give me the whole bar. I don't even want a bottle. I want the bar. I want the whole thing. Ring me out till I'm like a dish rag. <laughs> Get all that junk out of me. Woo, and fill me with your spirit. Let me see my calling. Let me know who I am now. You know, there are people out there that may not, in my experience, they may not 
respond, at least at this time, uh, favorably to the sowing of the seed and the preaching of the word. They may be slow to see their calling. And I do believe that God is calling everybody because it did say many are called. He's trying to get everybody, and he's trying to do it through his church and the system that he has set up. But uh, since this fellow was telling me about uh, some fella on the radio, he called in, and he began to tell how happy he was, and I care nothing about politics, nothing at all. I have no faith in it. I have faith in God. I'm not going to take my faith and put it in that stuff. You can forget that. That would be like flushing it down the toilet or putting a bucket with 55 holes in it. Time you got to the from the well to the house, you you gonna get there with an empty bucket, and you gonna get bopped on the head by mama. Where's the water? Oh well, you know the bucket's got 55 holes in. It. What do you want from me? You know that's why we channel all the funds through the church. Oh, that's a different subject. Let's not go there right now. Okay. Anyway, as I was saying, that uh, <clears throat> this individual called in and he said that he was very happy that there finally was a role model for his daughter. And guess what? He didn't say Hannah Montana. He didn't say Britney Spears or her little sister, whatever her name is. You know, he didn't say Rihanna. No. No. He didn't say none of those. Ice Cube or just cubed. Didn't say none of them. None of them at all. Didn't call none of them. But he said this woman, he said, she she wears dresses. She wears skirts. A politician. He said she she looks like a woman. His long hair, puts it up. It's a woman, political, governor of a state. Now she's going up the next rung. You know? But here's a man in the world who's got a daughter in the world. And he is appreciating what we believe, what you do. He's looking at that, granted, afar off. And many times people stand afar off. But you know, Jesus through the church. It's kind of like me getting seen to fellow go home afterwards. You know, you got to you gotta keep doing that till I finally hook her. You know, I get her attention. I'll reel her in. Get in the car, girl. Let's go. Because I got to go. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, my point is, is that God knows how to draw people. And there are people out there that they appreciate the things that the church does, whether they even realize. I've told people lots of times, well, welcome to our world. We've been doing this and preaching this and living this for a long time. I'm glad that you're finally seeing it and appreciating it while this world is falling apart like a drunken person and the, and the women don't look very feminine. Matter of fact, they look pretty masculine. Well, sorry, but that's just the fact of the matter. And they glory in it. They revel in it. They waller in it. And rebellion and disobedience and many other things are rampant throughout our society. And the Antichrist spirit, remember, he will think to change times and laws. He doesn't want things to be the way God ordained it to be. He wants to lead Gog and Magog to follow his thing. And that's why he's shaping their minds. And that box is one of his chief weapons for shaping people's minds to think like he wants them to think. So, if people in the world listen to a father, a husband, that is saying, oh, look at that, can still, you know, 
be up and working and busy and doing and contributing, but still be a woman, still be feminine. Oh, how nice, and how much he appreciated. Kept talking about the long skirt. Yes, weren't confusing her skirt with a belt. Oh, no, no confusion there whatsoever. Amazing, and he appreciated. But, you know, we've got people that God has called, and those people are making fun. Those people are letting down. Those people are looking down their nose in a very condescending manner and saying, hey, you're just old-fashioned in the church the way you do. And the way We're the younger generation. We're going to show you a different way. You're not going to show anybody anything good. All you're going to show is your ignorance and your lack of thankfulness and appreciation and your lack of ability to appraise properly the value of your calling. God wants you to see your calling. He's called you to be the best. He's called you to be a vessel for the finer. He's called you to be a vessel of honor. He's called you with a high calling. High calling. You want to see your calling because there's no greater calling than the call to be in the church, the body of Christ. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to wind down here. Just give me a second, or two, or three, or ten. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, said, Who hath saved us? Now, you know, for some guy to stand up claiming to have this truth and be a preacher and say none of us are saved, I'd say he's got a little problem right here in this verse. Teaching to the church. Who hath saved us? When you get baptized in Jesus' name and you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you are saved. You are saved from sin. You are delivered from sin. You are pulled out of the horrible pit. Your feet are set on a solid rock and foundation, a sure foundation. You have been saved from this world. You know why? Some people think nobody's saved because they're not saved because they're doing every ungodly thing and still trying to claim it. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Holy calling. Everybody said praise the Lord. Not according to our works. No, thank God not. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus in the church before the world began. The Spirit sees the beginning to the end. He saw you tonight in this service before the world was ever created, before he ever spoke it into existence. He saw you in this service tonight. You want to see your calling, and God wants you to embrace this. He doesn't want you to cast it aside. He doesn't want you to fight it. He doesn't want you to ignore it. He doesn't want you to think little of it, and he doesn't want you to let the devil uh, talk you out of it because you're not good enough. That's pure garbage. God is reaching down to people that have a richness of faith in their heart, and God placed that faith there. He wants you to recycle that faith. He wants you to take that good faith that he placed in your heart, and he wants you to lift it up to him and believe him. You know when this grounds out, here the grass and the flowers and it gets so dry and it wasn't too many long months ago we were in a bad old drought and everything was turning the wrong colors and the little flowers heads were drooping you know and the impatience had become that very impatient and they were just dragging their little heads all over the place and then all of a sudden here comes some rain and what happened man them little flowers perk up and suddenly they're looking up and that's what I'm trying to tell you that God wants you to see your calling and God wants you to lift up your head and God wants you to 
lift up your heart with your hands in the name of Jesus Christ and realize that he wants to rain on you the Holy Ghost and fire. He wants to quench your thirsty soul. He wants you to see your calling. To realize how great you can remain standing, how great it is to be called to be in the body of Christ. Just be so thankful, you know, to have a seat, to be there, to be a part, that he went to Calvary and made a place for you in the church, that he did that, and he saw it before the foundation of the world. I'm closing with Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, you become a partaker of the heavenly calling. Okay? It's that you don't have to feel, oh, I'm left out. I'm on the outside. No, it said you're to be a partaker of the heavenly calling. Get your attitude straight. Get your perception right. Get your eyes seen correctly. The more you're in church, the more you pray, the more you read the book, the more you sing the songs, the more you genuinely worship and praise for God to be glorified, the sharper your vision's going to be, and you're going to realize that I am a partaker. Isn't that why Abraham give time to Melchizedek because he fed him. You give it where you fed at. I want you to know you want to give it to God. That's who it's going to. It's going to God because you're a partaker. You're a partaker. You're a partaker of a heavenly calling. And everybody said praise the Lord. A heavenly calling. Last but not least, I thought it was Hebrews, but I'd like to give you one more in Second Peter. You're standing, and I'm standing, and we're going to sing Second Peter chapter 1. And I think you'll find this to be pretty appropriate. Wherefore, the rather. You know what that means? That means that he talked about some of the negative side. He said people that are lacking in the things that they should be seeing. He said they're blind, and they cannot see afar off. Some people can only see tomorrow. They're not. You got to lift up your eyes and see eternity here. You know, you got to see past this old world. And cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That means he's saved from that, delivered from that. That old devil don't have that grip on you anymore. You don't need that alcohol anymore. You don't have a desire for that drug anymore. You that desire for those wrong things is gone, and you have the desire of every living thing living in you and you have your calling he's called you isn't that nice wherefore the rather forget all that nasty sinful junk he said wherefore the rather brethren he said give diligence to make your calling sure I know there's another word there but I'm trying to hone in on subject matter to make your calling sure and he said guess what if you do these things you're never going to fall you know, God's got a formula that works. God's got a plan that works. And don't stop, do not stop at, at the house of God in a visit and don't come back. Don't do that. You keep on coming and keep on keeping on. And after a while, you're going to get that lesson about Jericho and you're going to make a good repentance. And you're going to empty out all that bile and garbage. And then we're going to take you to Jordan and we're going to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you come up out of the waters, you are eligible from that moment on to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as the brother said, don't stagger at that. You go ahead and remain strong and unmovable and claim your promise. You claim it and keep claiming it and keep 
reminding God that it's a promise and you want your gift. Come on, you got a kid. That kid will keep after you all day long if he wants a candy or a bicycle or whatever. He'll just keep on. You keep on and you keep on and God will honor his promise. Amen. And it doesn't end there. You get this good Holy Ghost boy. He found out it didn't end there. He said, okay, let's see. Let's put this to the test. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Friend, he smote that river Jordan, and whoo, it parted back. And all them guys on the outside, all them guys are claiming it, but they're just criticizing and fighting all the time. It don't work no more. That ain't the way to do it. You got a substitute. You, you can't sing like that no more. Nobody wants that. Man, they want to hear, I'm the friend of God, you know, or whatever, you know, one of those things. I don't even know if I've ever heard that song. Thank God I haven't. I don't want to hear that song. I want to hear what we hear. I want energy. I want Holy Ghost. I want the power of God. I want excitement. I want enthusiasm, which means God in you. We want what God put in the calling. Don't you take out what God put in. Right. Amen. We want to make this calling, this high, heavenly, and holy calling, we want to make it sure. Because yes. we're not in the fallen business. We're in the standing business. Yes. And everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give God a big hand. Let's sing. Come on. Let's worship Him. Yeah, come on now. It's high, but it's not too steep. The battle is rough, but I'm not too weak. Come on now. I won't turn back. No going back. No going back. I won't turn back. I'm in the church. I got a calling. The road is hard. God has called me. Don't close your ears to that. Don't close your eyes to that. Called you to repentance. Called you to receive the Holy Ghost. Called you to be baptized in Jesus' name. The battle is rough, but I'm not too weak. Called you to live for Him. That's why we got Romans to Revelation. Come on now. The road is hard, but it's not too long. 